0: Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. Well, we are live once again, Coffee with Humans, internationally, around the world, with my new friend Joey. Joey, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Hey, thanks for having me today. Well, this is exciting. I think that you're very nearby where I'm at. Only I'm only judging this from your area code. And to our <laughs> newer, new new viewers and listeners, I'd never know. I don't really know who my guests are until until we're just here live, basically. I met you, but what eight minutes ago? Yep. And we went through some tech checks. But your area code suggests that you are near me. Yeah. Where are you located? <laughs> I'm
1: in Madison, Wisconsin, West Madison.
0: Madison. All right. See, called it. Um, <laughs> the magic of area codes in the United States. Uh, I'm in, so I'm in Northern Illinois. Okay. So uh, Rock Rockford area. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we're very close by. <laughs> I go through the Madison area to um, go rock climbing uh, at devil's lake and hiking and stuff. So, Oh, nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I have I like aspirations to go into nature and do it very little. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's always been that way.
1: <laughs> um. Since we've lived here yeah we've we've been out here in Wisconsin since two thousand and six um I'd say probably when we lived when we lived in New York, it was more like the local park um but I was there like every day running biking um mm. that's that's been a challenge um since I've moved out here
0: yeah different uh yeah different city layout for sure um the I'm. I am curious. We do have to get this out of the way. I'm curious why did you choose to click the button to have coffee with me?
1: <laughs> yeah. well, actually, you know, somebody recommended your podcast to me, so I went and took a look, uh, and I was kind of struck by how real it felt. Hmm. Uh, and I guess for me, I feel like a lot of the things that go on online are kind of staged um or very um, you know business centric where it's like you know trying to sell a product or or a business. and I don't know what what I felt was like, if we shared our story together, maybe it would help some people and and wow. that 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 was that was kind of my my main reason for signing up
0: Wow, that's pretty profound
1: I guess <laughs>
0: it is right I mean there it's if if you're if you're suggesting that by sharing your story it maybe it can help some people it reminds me of. I was working with somebody yesterday, and her apprehension was sharing her story in a big, kind of in a big, bold way. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, dealing with this idea that we could help somebody, but also dealing with the idea that, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's not a good enough story. Maybe it's not a, you know, may, maybe it's not uh, going to benefit anybody. In that kind of being caught in that, in those, uh, in that tension. Yeah. Uh, and then being able to fully walk into it it's, just, it's it's interesting that you resolved in your mind that you're just going to have this talk now this is real this is great so i i i'm i'm glad that the reality of what's happening here is uh coming across uh because nothing has been staged other than the tech here uh, we don't know each other no. um, <laughs> but we're going to and we're going to and and it's isn't that fascinating that when we get when we get together and, you know, building off what you said, this idea of this intention, having this intentional spirit to go create something good, good things can happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. And it's, I, I guess, you know, it's, for me, it started, I i don't remember much from when I was a kid, but I always remember this desire, this need to help others. Um, and that's, you know, what I, what I work on with my family and with my clients Um and I think it is vulnerable. I think a lot a lot of people are, are scared to tell their story, or a lot of people feel like it's just them who are experiencing a certain thing. Uh and I, I what I find is when I when I bring things up to people, they may have a different story, it may have a different face to it, but but their their struggle, their pain, their challenges uh can often be very similar. Um and then people feel less less alone. Mm. Some someone's got to take the first step and say, Hey, this is what's going on. And it's, and it's not easy, right? It's not the perfect facade you see on Facebook and LinkedIn.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Isn't, and isn't that so true? And this is so timely too, because I, I recently had a conversation uh, with somebody and, and this individual is dealing with some stuff that happened, you know, in, in teenage years and, and then bringing that forward uh, to, you know, a present reality, you know, 15 years later um, and kind of replaying, you know, replaying events and wondering, how, do I, can I talk about this? Do people think that I'm crazy? Do mm-hmm. people think that, you know, that I'm still okay? What does that say about me that these things happen and all this, all this stuff and, and, and isn't it so true? And I'll speak for myself that, that speaking one story, it's, it's, it's thinking about doing that that we, we sometimes, I sometimes believe that maybe the next step is that now I am alone. Like I'm not alone right now because you're here. But if I tell you this, then you're not here. Right. Yeah. It, it's, and it is this weird thing. So we, we, we keep, we keep sort of, sort of uh, distance, I think from one another. And sometimes necessarily. So like every, you know, all of our business is not everybody's business, but but sometimes it is, and, um, and, it's, and it's, I think it's pretty universally true that people struggle, like you talked about, You know, this idea that you're going to be alone if, if you share the stuff that you're dealing with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And then you brought up something earlier about, about this, your story not being good enough maybe, that, that worry, that fear. And I think, I think from what I've seen from myself and the people I've talked with is that there is this kind of pervasive fear of not being good enough not being a good enough dad or human being or a business owner or, Hey, my, my story, my life story isn't good enough to share. And that's, I, I mean, speaking frankly, I think most often that's bullshit. Can I say that? Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> it is bullshit. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Um, I, I think the, the more we share, the more we connect, the more, um, we have, we have less fracturing, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and more understanding.
0: I think the the phrase I said to the to uh, the, the some an individual the other day, uh, who was dealing with this imposter syndrome thing, I I said, "Who made you?" Wh-? I said, "Who made you so important and knowledgeable that you can judge what everybody else feels?" Because <laughs> I said, "Because it's your story, and you you're judging for everyone else, but really, that's not. You, you, we say that well, it's not good enough for all of them, but really, it's all about what's happening inside. Mm-hmm. That I'm, you know." I think I might not be good enough. It's never about them. We, we call it imposter syndrome. Well, they're not going to think it's good enough. They're not going to do all these other things. They're not going to accept me and all this other stuff, but it's really the, some, some core fear uh, in ourselves that we need to work out. And yeah. and when we don't, we become enslaved to it and we, and we, uh, yeah, we get lost. I think sometimes stuck in a loop and keep, you know, keep rethinking the same thoughts, which then just makes them bigger. Yeah. instead of inviting somebody new into the process to kick ourselves out of that loop.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you've just described something I work on um, pretty much every day. Um, it's, it's It's. I listen to this gentleman named Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you, have you heard of mm-hmm. him? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's a wonderful guy. Um, and one of the things he talks about are these narratives that we create in our minds <laughs> that have nothing to do with reality, but they they, they feel real to us. Um, And one of the the visualizations that I like to do is think of myself like there's this river, right? And it's this raging river. It is not calm. And that's like life. All this stuff going on, pandemic, sick wife, Crohn's disease, running a business, exhaustion, middle age, whatever, right? But we have a choice where we can either feel and be immersed in that river so it it appears to be our, our total reality. Uh, and for me, when, when that happens, it feels like I'm drowning in it. And that's kind of like when you're in that mental loop, whether it's a thought or an emotion. Um, but then if we just take a breath and take a step back and observe the river, kind Mm. of witness it, we're still going to feel what we're feeling, think what we're thinking, but we can kind of have that, that higher self, that consciousness or that, that awareness and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. But this is not who I am. Yeah, uh, you know, and you can be maybe a little bit more objective <laughs> about things.
0: Um, yeah, there because we are able to do that. I think one of the print, like you're talking about, is the, the idea of stepping back to observe what's going on. And I love your your uh, metaphor of the river um, because that's what a lot of this stuff is. It's it's all of these it's all of these uh, tributaries or whatever that came together. And now it becomes this raging river, and it is feels unstoppable and to to a large degree, life is unstoppable mm. um and then when we're in the middle of it, it's, it we tend to lose sight uh and and yeah, the whole idea of drowning i felt i i felt what that feels like, and i and I never knew what that felt like until I was like you know early forties yeah. um and I quite literally when i felt when i would feel those ways or or be resistant to feeling like this, this, uh, like I'm going under type thing. Um, <laughs> I would feel, and I laugh about, it, I kind of chuckle about it now because I know what it feels like. I know I'm okay, but, um, I would feel like I'm going to be under forever. Like mm-hmm. it's, this is, this is it. And it's just the, it, all it was, is a wave of emotion yeah. that I didn't know how to deal with mm-hmm. and, and spent a considerable amount of time trying to not deal with that. Yeah. Uh, which would do is not to my benefit. <laughs> no, I mean, that's why that's why it's kind of, you know, on the other side of it. It's kind of like, oh, gotcha. That was in that. It's almost like I can experience why that was there, what it taught me, what I allowed myself to be taught in those moments. Yeah. Um and, and now on the outside of it, it's like, OK, like now I now I know how to now I know better how to deal with my own self <laughs> and my own yeah. nonsense. <laughs>
1: It's yeah, I I agree with you, and that's it took me too into my 40s, and that's, you know, I I I we have two teenagers, and w- my wife and I are both um, kind of on the same path. My wife is a shaman and a massage therapist, and um, we we really try to kind of put this in front of our kids so they can absorb what what feels good for them, uh, and, and right for them now, so that when they <laughs> when they are in their 30s and 40s, they're not just discovering it um you, you it's mentioned it's a process of
0: thinking it seems right i mean it's a process of i mean I interrupt you um that's the, right. you're teaching kids how to think rather than specifically what to think you're giving them a process to go through it's a way com- to observe
1: yeah and i'm from new york so interrupt me all you want i don't care uh it's all good um it's you know it's 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 part thinking it's it's what i call it's funny because we have never talked before but you keep asking me things and i'm like oh yeah this is what i think about when 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 jason mentioned this um it's something i call emotion and intellect and and when i look at that like i don't look at it so much thinking like the thinking part of our brain that causes the quote unquote trouble right these loops or the or this um these pervasive thoughts um that that worry us right oh what's going to happen if i don't get this client what's going to happen if my wife doesn't feel better Cause that's kind of worry and thought. I, I think there's something that there's, there's thoughts that work for you. And I think that's the kind of thought you're talking about where you're thinking through something and you're looking at it and maybe finding some solutions. Uh, and then there's thoughts that kind of just screw you up. Right. And perseverating is a good word for it. So yeah, so we're teaching them to the think, but also to kind of step back from, from, these kind of ongoing narratives, these ongoing worries and fears uh, and make space. You know, um, I I often feel tension. Okay, and again, I'm a New Yorker, so I think that's pretty normal.
0: (laughs) It's in your blood.
1: Yeah, typical neurotic (laughs) New Yorker, um, but often I've I've learned to identify like, what does that feel like? And it kind of feels like Mm. almost like being really crowded in a very small space. Um, And if when I can start to create this like metaphorical space between myself and what I'm worried about or what I'm thinking, it it just feels so much better. I don't know if any of this is making sense. Um, So, yeah, but we are we are teaching the kids to yeah to 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 think, but to be able to identify, hey, I'm in this fear loop. I'm in this anxiety loop. You know, right now it's the last week of school and there's a lot of worry about, you know, projects and (laughs) and normal stuff. And it's okay to feel that. And it's also okay to be okay Um, in this situation. Because you know what? The finals and all that stuff, they're going to come, they're going to go, and there'll be the next thing and the next thing and so Mm. on. Right? So it's how do we deal with those things as they manifest so that we are okay? Because we're okay regardless of whether we think we are or not, we are okay. You know, I've got Crohn's disease. I have fairly constant pain, but I'm okay. Mm. My wife has fibromyalgia. She's pretty much in constant pain. And that's a harder one to swallow. That's a harder one to be okay in because there's so much sadness around that. Yeah. Um, So how how do I deal with that? Because I don't want to just, like you mentioned earlier, kind of just ignore it um, or try and resist it, um, but I also need to function.
0: Right. So you, it sounds like to me that you're you connect, um, connect the physical, the physicality of yourself, to the mental, the spiritual, the emotional parts of yourself. Because when you're talking about like how does this feel, you you're using spatial analogies and and I, and it seems to me um and somebody asked me this at one point in time i don't know i don't, can't remember who it was the question was where do you feel that in your body
1: hmm.
0: it was anxiety or something like that so like where do you feel that in your body how's that expressed and it was a really grounding process for me to um to take it out take take these emotions these feelings out of out of this uh, I don't know, ethereal headspace, like <laughs> somewhere out there, you know, wherever that's at, um, just holding, you know, juggling balls and really just be like, oh, I, my body's expressing it in this way, which then gave me, gave me, it seems a bit of, a bit of control. I saw one, I saw a person at one point in time talk about how they deal with individuals who have a lot of anxiety or, or other, you know, other, uh, other health you know, related concerns. And, and they said, you know, stick a, stick a stick, hold it, hold a dial out there. I want, to, I want you to, I want you to show me where on the dial from one to 10, you know, is this today, right? And turn that, turn that dial, show me where that's at, right? And then I want you to, I want you to really focus on whatever that feeling is you have. And I want you to turn that, turn that dial down, turn it down. And it was this idea of connecting the, the physical world to the mental world, and the spiritual world, and recognizing it is all it is all linked together, and it does one flows into the next, which, when we deal with health concerns concerns and that type of stuff, and I mean it beca- it can become debilitating, just the fact that it's there, and it's in it's just information into the space that wasn't there before,
1: yeah, yeah, I like that analogy about the di- Out of this headspace, right? It's something um. That it's, it's, it's like when you like, um, like a piece of pork in water, water, there's my New Yorker, uh, <laughs> water, uh, and it just floats to the top. Right. And I think sometimes we can get stuck in that headspace and when we bring it into the body, it's like, oh yeah, it's like, I, I just did that and immediately felt different, immediately felt connected to different parts of myself, that awareness and that, and that kind of mindfulness. Um and I don't
0: it's think a, the and... Western it is it, a, is it a Western culture thing? I mean I'm gonna go off a limb here and say that you have some understanding of this. You're you're the, when I asked you what the title was of this talk, which was based on a question that simply was, was asked probably forever uh of you ago, uh because it takes so long to get in here. But it, i said, you <laughs> know, with your life were a novel, what would one of the chapters be called? And you said the uh the rise of the warrior sage. And and that's um there's something deep to that i don't think you're using that lightly is my guess i think you have some knowledge and some perspective about the depth of the words warrior or the depth of the words sage and the depth of the word rising what's where where does all this land for you in this idea of the warrior sage and how you're going through these processes of of life
1: yeah that's that's a great question and that's it does feel like forever ago that we set this up um, but it's still I'm still living that, and for me, I guess. Mm. Not that long ago, uh, I was kind of feeling knocked down. Mm. Uh, everything as far as work, cup of SEO was going fine. My team was doing okay. You know, even in the pandemic, we had clients. That part was kind of okay. But I was feeling like so beat up, just literally like on the floor, um, and struggling with this archetype of the warrior i've always thought about the warrior or when it's explained to me it's always this this guy who's like ready to fight ready to kill or be killed right that fight or flight syndrome that that the limbic brain constantly deals with which is why we have so much fear to begin with (laughs) um and i started feeling like How how do I deal with all these things in life if I don't want to be that that human being that is fighting? And I started to kind of morph. What does that warrior mean to me? And I started thinking about this. What is a spiritual warrior? Because we have so much discord already in the world in our own country and sometimes in our own families, right? So that thinking we need another guy to be a warrior in that traditional archetype, thats we don't need that. Uh, and I, it started to transform for me into someone who can help bring positive outcomes just by his or her presence. Just by his or her demeanor and how they approach a situation. Because can't we be a warrior that brings peace? Or that brings solutions, um, or that just holds space for people who are really feeling awful right now. So this warrior became someone who's more like a shaman. Uh, and I have a very um I don't have any in this in this lifetime, at least any any direct blood that is um, you know, American Indian, but I have a very strong connection to the American Indian spirituality and mythology and so that has a lot of meaning for me and the the way they live so you know this warrior and this sage hypothetically (laughs) is someone who's always in consciousness or most of the time and who brings that calm and that sage-like quality to every interaction but this is my struggle because I am in a human body living a human life with those emotions and those feelings that uh I, I you know struggle with just like everybody else. So it is it's kind of like this constant balance um to to accept my humanity because part of me just doesn't want to deal with the human stuff sometimes. Um anyway do you have questions or i think i kind of
0: explained it yeah so this the the here's how this i don't know this idea of warrior because you talked about this idea of warrior being this fierce person who's always like fighter it's like it seems like a fight scenario right Mm -hmm. um i i was it brings to my mind something that uh jordan peterson just talked about and i don't i haven't I don't know if you know, follow Jordan Peterson at all, but Jordan Peterson has this uh, following on YouTube or whatever. And he talked about how we teach, we teach people that they don't have to be warriors. We teach people that they don't have to be fierce, that they don't have to be super strong and, you know, and, and like ready to go to battle because some, somehow that's not a, that that type of virtue is not upheld or appreciated in our society. And, and really he says that that does a disservice because it teaches people that they aren't strong. Instead, we need to, we need to be fierce. We need to be strong. And then we need to learn how to use that. Coupling it with this idea of sage, right? We need to be able to use that um, or learn how to use that, learn how to temper it, learn how to pull it back. Because we are not weak as individuals. If we, if we're not able to overcome or fight through some of these things of life, which are real, they are i mean they're difficult things of okay. life if we're taught that we don't have that sort of strength then then of course we come to some of these scenarios and say i don't have the strength to get through it because we weren't taught that we are strong we are we have an incredible amount of authority and responsibility to craft our worlds in a in a strong in a strong sort of way but coupling it with that idea of sage yeah. where we are where we are thoughtful knowing how to knowing how to wield, you know, the sword, um, or not, you know, mm-hmm. keep it there. And we I don't you know, like, uh, what was it? Was it ninjas or something like that? I don't camera when the The idea that you know, the, the um in the art of war, if Lao Tzu says um, uh, something something I'll butcher it, but it's something like, you know, doing nothing is doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that sort of wisdom to know and to just ride. You know ride the wave ride ride the current don't Mm -hmm. fight the current ride the current use the current um and sometimes know when to you know fight like hell uh to you know to move you know from from where we're at to where we want to be either emotionally or intellectually
1: yeah yeah that's it, it makes me think of acceptance like and and, and similar, I think acceptance can be very powerful. And I think you're right. I think I think we have been taught a very limited amount or limited vision of what a warrior or what strength is. And, and sometimes strength is sitting in stillness or saying nothing, even if somebody upsets you, or you, you out and out feel like that person is wrong. But okay, you know. Maybe saying nothing right now is the best. And that's a strength. Um, but I, I find
0: I, No go ahead. Uh, I, I have a quick story on that. I was I yeah. this is a, this is a stupid story. I probably shouldn't say it on the air, but whatever. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so I was out I was out to karaoke one night several weeks ago. Actually probably more than that now, it's probably months ago. And uh, and I was and I was kind of saddled up to the bar. I was talking with one of my friends, uh, and I accidentally bumped the guy behind me. And he just started going off, not directly to me, Mm -hmm. but talking about me (laughs) to the person he was sitting with because I had bumped his chair Mm -hmm. like and it kept escalating, 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 escalating. And I thought he wants me to pick a fight. He wants me to snap on him Mm -hmm. so that he has some excuse to go like (laughs) I like to do what? I don't know, be seen as cool and like in front of his girlfriend or something. Like, I don't even know what's going on here. And I just, and I sat there determined. I was like, I am not going to say a word to him. I'm going to say nothing at all. All the while playing through my mind, like, I might take him down. Like, like here's, <laughs> here's how I'm going to take him down if I need to take him down. Which is, which is a, which I found, you know, in myself, I was like, I'm pretty proud of myself for doing nothing. Because I like, I'm never going to, and, and it's actually at that point in time, I was like, I'm never going, I just, I don't need this kind of nonsense. I'm not going back there anymore. Yeah, because it because I you know I I need to like I'm worth I'm worth more than this like my my brain my psyche my you know it's it's worth more than than having to listen to a guy next to me who just wants to yeah. take a fight. But oh, yeah. as that kind of idea of like doing, just know when to do nothing. <laughs> While also knowing that you could do something, <laughs> and that, but that
1: brings up a real interesting duality of of being a human, right? Because yes, um, just just from what I've learned, that that's something what what that gentleman was was doing in that moment. He was stuck kind of in ego, um, or in kind of what a lot of people call like the lower self, right? Oh, that guy hit me. It was an accident, right? It's not like you're there elbowing him on purpose. I wouldn't think. Uh, were you? Nope. not not at all (laughs) yeah so it's like so that so he got kind of stuck in this loop right which which some people call ego or Eckhart Tolle calls ego and this is not ego like oh I'm so great this is part of us that is kind of like this bit that kind of feeds off these kind of situations right that wants to feel you know indignant towards somebody that wants to feel upset man that kind of sounds weird doesn't it to want to feel upset um but he's kind of stuck in that. And what he's doing to you in that moment is saying, come on, join me. Join me in this moment of like, you know, non-awakenedness. In this, in this moment of, of non-awareness. Come on, let's do it, man. And it's like, and then even in your mind, you're like, no, I'm not going to do this. And part of you is thinking about like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll kick him in the knees if I need to, right? Because I'll take him down. And so he, there's this duality. And then which do you choose? Which do you choose? and going back to that rivers sometimes we get just sucked into it and it's like yeah. you see nothing else
0: right and there is the duality of trying to trying to go through that not in in our own minds right right which is right. which are the big you know kind of the big pervasive things of life like whether it's long term disease or whether it's relationship stuff or whether it's it's stresses around work and in business the the it seems that sometimes I've got caught in a loop thinking that I can't do anything about it, that maybe I'm not you know maybe I'm not smart enough, strong enough, whatever to make it to go through that, but that's not that's not reality. The reality is 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 you can do something, maybe sometimes you should do something, and then sometimes recognizing when you can't do anything, it's not your issue. it's like this right. is this is just the ride you know the the wave to ride, but doing that in a vacuum uh it is just for ourselves um is not the answer nobody needs a sage if they're alone i don't yeah. need to be my own sage what what would be the purpose right. i don't need to buy, be my own warrior if there's nobody else around mm. you know i don't need to i don't need to attain i don't need to self-actualize if it's just me in a corner mm. that's the i i think that there's something to this idea of of you know you you said you know bring it back to, you know, why'd you join, why'd you come on here? You're like, well, you know, it's, it looks real. It looks like real connection. It's not overproduced. It's, it, it is just a conversation, a meaningful conversation with your story to make the world a better place. Yeah. And it's like, that's why, that's why we determine who, whether who we are as a warrior. That's why we, we, we determine who we are as a sage, because ultimately we know it's not enough to just figure it out for ourselves. We have got to figure it out and then pass it along.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's how, that's how, yeah, that's how we make an actual contribution. Mm. Right. Um, you made, you made me think of a story. It's, 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 it's okay. if it's... Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this, this, you know, when I look back, I kind of realize this warrior sage has kind of been with me for years. So um, to, to your point, uh, this is all, all it'll be four years in December that my wife got hit with fibromyalgia uh, and it was on my birthday of all days. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, but she was, she was, like paralyzed. She was in the hospital. It was bad. Um, and kind of soon after that, you know, I was never a big drinker. Um, I took a beer, a glass of wine, but I was kind of a bourbon guy. So I drink like a shot of bourbon, you know, like when I was making dinner or after dinner, then I started to notice. I became like the cook, the guy shopping, kind of doing everything. Right. Cause my wife, um, and all of a sudden, like one shot turned to two, turned to three. And I'm cooking dinner one night. And I drank like half a bottle of bourbon. Mm-hmm. And this was this was not in my character, right? Not judging anybody who drinks that much bourbon. Everybody's got their own um tolerable and lifestyle and all that. But for me, it was too much. And I wound up being <laughs> pretty, pretty inebriated after. So in so much that I actually got kind of physically sick. Um And in that moment, even though I was still drunk, I said to myself, I am done with alcohol because I saw the writing on the wall and I did not want to be the man, the dad, the husband, the spiritual being that coped with my shit by becoming an alcoholic. Mm. And I was extremely lucky to have the willpower to do. And I'm very grateful. Um, so, and this is, I'm telling you guys this, I don't want anybody to feel bad. I'm telling, because I think there are people out here struggling with the same thing. Whether yeah. it's smoking, drinking, whatever, right? Um, so what I wanted to do, I did what I do to cope. Because when you're in this situation, you need to cope somehow, right? Yeah. And, you know, most of us aren't Buddha where we could just go sit under a tree, and people feed us rice and we kind of just work it out for however long that takes. <laughs> I think in in our day and age, you know, I think most people would be like, who is that crazy guy? And you'd starve to death under the tree. Um, let alone, let's not even get into like what, whoa. Okay. Did you abandon your family to go sit under a tree? That's a whole another conversation. Um, so, so I'd like to share what I did. I, I, I joined the men, yeah, I joined the men's group um, which was critical uh I started going uh, you know, seeing a therapist to talk about what I was experiencing um and and working through the, the various <laughs> emotions of having this huge shift in um my marriage and you know now how do I ad- adjust as a business owner as a dad um and what I quickly learned was self-care was the the first uh, and most important um point of contact for me so I joined a men's group saw a therapist um and started collecting, I got to have one nearby. I have got one, uh, started collecting <laughs> notebooks, these things called field notes um, and also uh, pencils of all things, vintage pencils, modern pencils. Just, just... I've got a whole desk full, <laughs> full of this stuff. Um, but you know, it's something that uh, is distraction It's stuff I use and I, and I every day sit and I work with these pencils and notebooks and i become a total stationary geek. Um, So I guess my point with this is that there, there, you know, the need to cope is real. Um, The need to be an awareness of how am I coping? Is it healthy? Um, And back to your, your, your message about having that strength. I didn't think I did i just knew that that road was not the road i was just i was there's no way i'm going down that road Uh, and i know people who did go down that road and after months or years or decades were able to turn it around and some still struggle in it i i didn't think i was going to survive it to be honest with you um and that's kind of where that whole warrior sage came out of you know that's why i felt so beat down by life. But you know, not to make light of it, but we're all beat down by life in some way, shape or form. I mean, it's just a reality. Unless you know somebody who's got a perfect life, I haven't met anyone.
0: The only only people who have perfect lives are the ones who are lying. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I
1: mean, I'd I'd rather talk about, I've had clients sitting right in this office, sitting across yeah. from me in tears because they were just about uh, to start a divorce procedure mm-hmm. and was like, you know what, let's focus on that. Your website can wait, you know? <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for letting me share that um, with you. Cause I, I think that's an important thing to, to bring to light.
0: Yeah. Well, it is out of those. I found that it's out of that struggle that we have to decide to do something with it or not. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: that's where it does seem to me that there's a necessary process of working with other people as we go through our stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And that's that's the and that that denying that is the hidden danger in not sharing our story, because we deny somebody else's uh, we deny somebody else's uh, moment to hear that there's hope Mm -hmm. and that it's going to be okay. And that's that. I think I was talking to talking to a friend. I said, you know, you're in you're in this loop because you need you. If if you want to get out of the loop, you're not going to get out of the loop by thinking it and you're like rethinking the over the same stuff that you thought over the same way. You need a different process, or you need different information into into the loop.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And it is with that different process or that different information that will you will generate a different outcome in the thinking. Um. And we as people tend to be quite resistant
1: Mm.
0: to opening up a little bit to saying, well, you know, here, like, well, let me spill the beans. Um, But it's, it's, it is interesting the amount of shame
1: Mm.
0: because I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from the amount of shame that's involved in life and the, and the, the hiding from that shame, which is, which I think is the destroyer. That's, that's what, that's what destroys us. It's, it's uh, continuing to look at the outcome, the potential, the hypothetical outcome of sharing the inevitable shame and the inevitable loneliness and loss of everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is a, it's an interesting, um, it's, 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 it's almost a gift. It's a gift almost to have the, the, uh, uh, what's his name i can't remember his name he, he wrote the the book the gift of struggle mm. i don't know and um he was on a podcast of mine a long time ago can't remember his name offhand. um but the the uh it is that gift in that moment that allows us to be able to choose a different path mm. if we didn't have that we'd be we'd stay stuck in our own nonsense for for you know like indefinitely but don't do you feel so having gone through that what has changed for you like what? where just generally? You know what? Are, what are the top couple of things? What comes to your mind when I say what has changed for you in your life? Maybe it's your in yourself or your business or your relationships.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. By the way, I think that that struggle was was a catalyst. And I, I there, you have two choices, right? You can say, yeah, but, right, this happened. Yeah, but it stinks. I wish it hadn't happened. Blah blah blah. Right, resistance, or we can say yes and. What can I do about it? When I got laid off from Land's End, oh gosh, over a decade ago with a bunch of other wonderful people, um, I knew that was a yes-end moment and it was a struggle. Um, I also knew it put me in a position where I would need to make, like you said, different different choices. Um, I'm kind of amazed, to be honest with you, because as hard as it's been to see my wife go through this um, and for my family to experience it, the boys, and, uh, I do not think I would have gone down the spiritual path Hmm. that i did without that catalyst i i kind of feel like you know i believe if i if i was the same person i was like before all that now i'd be a train wreck and i'm not um Hmm. things aren't perfect you know it's still hard but it that catalyst really put me in a position where I had to say, yes, but, or yes, and. Um, and I'm a yes, and kind of guy. So I knew that was the right solution. What it has taught me, what, it, what it's done, it's helped me teach my kids um, how to respond to adversity, how to live with it and still smile. You know, like so we walk every day um, together. The three of us, my wife is not capable of really taking a walk yet. Um, so it's like leaving that and that sadness and then kind of accepting it and moving into the next moment where it's okay, let's go take a walk guys. Let's go shoot some hoops or play some volleyball or whatever. We'll go take a run. I would say the biggest thing I took away from all this though, is self-care and that it is not being selfish. If I need to go meditate or exercise, um, or buy some notebooks You know, I'm paying the mortgage still. I'm not spending so much on notebooks that we're broke, thank God. But it's, I think, kind of back to that conditioning of shame. That we are conditioned to, like, be Superman. But by the way, you're weak, but you're Superman. And don't ask for help, especially men. And, you know, just suck it up, grit and bear it. And this is such bad advice. Yeah. Um, because if, I, if, if I'm a car, right, and I don't do maintenance, what good am I? My tires are flat and I haven't changed the oil in 20,000 miles. And there's no gas, which I often feel like there's no gas. I need to regenerate. What good am I to anybody? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a big pill for me to swallow, to learn, learn to be in acceptance about that self-care. The cool thing is now i get to share that with my boys and so they can become men who are more comfortable with that so i think it's a it's a gift
0: in the long run well we're a couple out we're a couple generations off of off of extreme adversity mm. where to some degree it was just kind of like you just got to go through it you know we we haven't experienced you know here in the united states we haven't experienced uh you know sending the, you know, millions of people, you know, off to fight a war where millions of people are dying,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, we we have pretty good. I mean, you know, all, all told, we've got, we've got our, our, the problems that we've experienced here in in the United States are actually pretty limited. And in the grand scheme of things, you know, we have yeah. clean water by and large, uh, we have great healthcare by and large, We've got a great education system by and large, it's the land of opportunity by and large, you know, there's, there's, there are so many things that we have dealt with that are just easy that what seems that when we hit these times of struggle, it does create an existential, sort of an existential issue um, with ourselves, because we, we, we have not developed, or we need to develop, let's, let's say the the, we need to develop resilience and skills for resilience. I don't know that I had skills of resilience until I was probably forty years old. Um, not to the degree that I needed them to get through like the shit of life. Um, instead, no. I right, I kind of colored with I tried to color kind of within the lines. And if I you know wasn't in the lines, I'd make my own coloring book type thing. But I was playing it kind of safe for quite some time, just really in an effort to not have significant struggle. But who said you weren't supposed to struggle? Life is life is struggle it's what you do with it. And, and I know that's a like the, it's kind of like the pat answer. Right. Um, but if I look at the stuff that I, you know, that I've dealt with some, some of it caused and some of it caused to me, um, I look at it and go, okay, well, what do I do with it? Like you say, yes. And all right, like I'll, I'll, I'll walk through that. And, and, um, and if I think that I'm alone, I have to have some sort of trust that i'm not Mm. and then continue to 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 work out you know like even even coffee with humans it's a it's a space to share really to make the world a better place and and why why not go about the business of sharing because otherwise i think we limit each other's creative capacity to change um because we do all of us find ourselves in these moments where it feels like it's not going to end this is this like i'm not gonna make it i think we've we yeah i think we all we all need to i would hate to say it but i think we all need to have those moments the gift of that moment and the gift of somebody else to be there Mm -hmm. um to be able to i think to be able to clear out some of the crap you know like the the stuff that we realize. oh my god that didn't matter yeah, you know, yeah. it's like we have to go through a war of sorts to focus our priorities sometimes. Um yeah. and when we don't, we get all we get all weird, you know, and and make a mess of things.
1: Yeah. That's well said. Um, yeah, it's interesting stuff. I, I feel the same way. I didn't it was my thirties where I started to to kind of wake up, so to speak. Well, for me, it was when I got Crohn's disease. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was like the first kind of major. Hey, dude, <laughs> we're going to throw this at you. <laughs> it's just this is a curveball that you can't you can't step back from. You know, <laughs> It's going to hit you square on. Uh, and, it, and it, you know, by the way, we're, it's not going to go away until you face what you need to face. Right. right? And I and I see that within life that, you, you know, you keep getting reminded of stuff until you take that moment and say, OK, let's look at this. But not not. Let's look at this so I can beat myself up or feel bad about myself or feel like a lame human being. But let me look at this to see what is going on. What am I? What am I? Maybe supposed to do different or not at all, right? Or what? What shift can I make? Um, you know, you asked a question earlier, like what did you do, like in your business to change things? And I, I had a I kind of sit down and and talk with the team and talk about you know, kind of. Uh, giving off or, you know, the work differently and taking more off my plate and training and trusting, which I was fine with, um, <laughs> which is good. Um, it's, it's so interesting because a lot, a lot of what we're talking about, I always feel like it comes down to resistance. I feel like I feel like if a human being could get rid of resistance in their existence, <laughs> I feel like no problems. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, you know, it's like, it's like resistance versus acceptance, right? The two sides of the coin and um, resistance is normal. I, I think there's a problem sometimes with acceptance because people feel like, oh, if I accept this, that means I'm kind of just throwing myself under the bus. I'm just accepting what is and kind of being like, just like totally p- powerless. Um, I've had many people say that to me, uh, including one of my kids. And I said, wait a minute, let's talk about that because acceptance of what is doesn't mean you're just going to sit, lie there and take it. It means just accepting this is what it is. And I liken it to a flat tire. If you have a flat tire, you can resist it until the moment you die, but man, that tire's <laughs> still flat. Or you can yeah. say, yes, I have a flat tire and I can change it. And go on my way um and that's i don't know about you but that's something that i still i still work on and I'm like always i'm like am i resisting right now hmm. and the when i ask that question the answer is usually yeah i am um but that gives me that room that space to say okay let me let me stop
0: um do you think the resistance is equated to fear or is experienced, is it, are we resistant in the areas that we're most fearful of? What's been your experience?
1: Oh, that's an awesome question. I, I think resistance is absolutely tied to fear, right? Like, you know, with, especially with a health issue, you know, whether it's your own or someone else's. Um, I th- I think fear and anxiety is pretty pervasive in our era. I, th- I think the pandemic has exacerbated that. I think that electronics, it's different than we were kids. We, we sat down as kids, we played Atari and television, then Nintendo, right? But it was kind of self-contained. Mm-hmm. We sat down at the TV and played Nintendo. Now it's like what we're doing now is electronic, right? We're checking our phones, everything's mobile. And it's, 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 it's kind of, we're swimming in it now. And I think, I think, With that, with that kind of comes neuroses and with the neuroses comes more anxiety because Hmm. I don't know about you, but I would go out, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and I'd play baseball and basketball and football with my friends and I'd come home for lunch, go back out. And then, you know, so it's out in the world in nature under the sun. And that's kind of, I'm kind of digressing from your question, but um for me personally i I feel that most of my resistances come from either fear based, which anxiety is a form of fear in my eyes, um, or just straight up not wanting something to be the way it is, like my an alternate said, oh, reality. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that if that connects to fear or anxiety, it's just a just an out and out rejection of what is. And it's it's hard. Do you find it hard? I find it hard to, even when I know I'm resisting something, if it's something that's associated with a family member or or, or a team member, because my team is my family too. Um, it, it, it's hard to live your life with that cruddy thing happening and just let go of resisting it and, and yeah. be able to smile sometimes
0: or... Years ago, it was a college time frame. I was driving home, uh, back to my dorm, uh, for, or uh, back to my college, actually, from having visited somebody. And my my friend was in the car with me, and she was in the passenger seat. Um, and I remember uh, that I was listening to Bach, maybe I don't know. I had some sort of CD on and um, back when we had CD players in cars, uh, and listening listening to this CD, and then the next thing I know, I feel awoken by the need to turn left and i quickly turned hard left and all of a sudden the loudest bang and then silence and then another bang as my car came down onto the ground and what had happened was that with cruise control on probably going 70 miles an hour um i had come upon a bridge you know how the bridges are kind of angled up at the corners like this yeah well i was going to head straight for the grass and just plow into the hill at 70 miles an hour. And whatever woke me up and caused this hard left, which I do not remember seeing anything. I just remember left and I hit the embankment boop, and I jumped, my car jumped off of it and ended up on through the bridge and then smashed down on the ground. It was kind of buckled in half. The trunk was open. The doors wouldn't open. It was this, this crease down the middle of this, uh, Saturn SL2. And um my friend, she's like, uh, uh uh, you know, making crazy noises. And I and I remember getting out of the car as you know, people are stopping. You know, it's 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 nighttime, mm-hmm. it's late, you know, but people are seeing this thing go on, they're pulling off the road. And um, <clears throat> and I remember in that moment, I walk, I got out of my car, you know, and I was not, I was in pain and whatnot, and I drove around or walked around to the other side and I opened up the driver, you know, passenger side door. And, um, I remember I repeat, I was repeating in my head. No, 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 no. It was just like, no, 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 no. Just wishing, hoping that somehow this was not real. And I could re I could take back the last, you know, however long that had been minute, 30 seconds, 15, whatever it was, it was not long. Just take that back. And play it out again, where I didn't fall asleep, where I didn't hit a bridge, where I didn't hurt my friend, and nothing was going to take it back. Nothing. And I remember, I remember, you know, ambulance coming, and I'm in the back of the ambulance and just thinking like, this is, this is the present reality. This is what, this is just what's going to happen. Like back to this idea of river, you know, just, this is the river. And that was that like i i just had to walk through it um and i didn't i i i i'm pretty sure that i was resistant to that reality and i'm pretty sure that i didn't cuz i know i i was in fact i can say yes i was resistant to the reality by just this replaying of no but i was also resistant to dealing with it because i sort of made light of it after the fact i don't i never dealt with I never dealt with like significant I I took the the significant um, like pain or hurt or something or sadness and that type of stuff and just like whoop, pushed it away someplace. I don't know where it went Um, because I was just like, well, you know, this is reality. We're just going to deal with it, which is a little bit uh, ignorant or or short sighted or something like that to to take such a significant thing and to say, well, you know, that's just life. It is life, it is reality, but and it changed out. It changed things, changed the certain directions and paths. Um, but at the same time, it's like it's a big deal, you know. I almost died, uh, and almost killed my friend. <laughs> like that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, well, you know, dope to dope, and deal with it. I don't know what that, where that personality was, but I think that trait was. But I think it was not being able to look at present reality and go, wow, this really sucks. Um, And just let it, you know, deal with, deal with the totality of it. Instead, of just like push it away, push it away, push it away, push it away. You know, back to your, you know, your, your very, you know, vulnerable open story about you, you were dealing with things in your life in a completely, in a way that was not going to serve you well. And, and you saw you, you it, through wisdom saw what was coming next. If you continued down that and said, I'm done hard you know hard left we're going a different direction (laughs) yeah and then you reached out i mean that's i mean to you know for viewers and listeners here you know a part part of what part of what my yeah our opportunity here is is when we're coming together you know you're you shared a a a very profound story um and then practical things that you did to work you know work through those moments um which doesn't um doesn't make them any less terrible like mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah and i resisted i resisted <laughs> the self-care the, especially the men's group um for for a bit <laughs> and my wife knew she was just kind of looking she's like okay you know she she knew i needed to like work through my resistance and then and then i, I, I it's like pushing it, pushing it. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I can, I can handle this. And then when, at one point I was like, you know what? No, <laughs> this, this needs, this needs to, to be looked at. And yeah, I, I think your reaction was probably pretty normal, you know, um, to try and suppress it. Right. Because we're trying to go move on um, and be okay. And it's, it's, But it's it's like dealing with those moments and and the trauma and the guilt. I I think again well, it's pretty pretty normal to want to push it down
0: because that's that's hard to, that's hard to sit with that. Totally, and I think by pushing it down, and this is, I think something that's been something I've need to come to recognize um, as as a guy. I mean, part part of this part of the storyline in in a in many guys' heads that I know of. Is that well? We got to deal with our stuff, and I'll just figure it out. I'll just figure it out. I'll just figure it out. And I'm like the protector, and I'm going to carry it all on my shoulders so that all of you can have an easier life. Um, and and in my after I hit that bridge, I went to the hospital, dealt with a cop who, uh, as I recall, said something like, "Well, I've got to give you a ticket for something," and I was like, "The hell you do! I just hit a bridge," uh, and and um, so he gave me a ticket for expired plate and then um my friend had like seatbelt burns and that type of stuff and she called uh her her dad who came down and got her uh and you know took her the rest of the way and then i remember i'm not sure when i called my parents i might have called my parents the day after or something like that and told them what happened and i and i distinctly remember my mom being quite upset and asking me do you need help what can i do for you and i told her nothing i got it which is crazy when i look back on it it's but that's been my personality it's like nothing i got it um when in fact it's like i was probably i was scared like i didn't know what was going to happen next like i now have a car that's destroyed sitting on the side of the road i've just been to the hospital uh my friend is now injured i don't know like i don't know what's coming next and i i denied i simultaneously did not accept help and care um, so as to really just kind of carry on, like, I figure it, I'll figure it out. And then also denied somebody who wants to demonstrate care, the ability to care. Like one of a mother's greatest gifts is to care for her kids. Yeah. Don't deny, don't deny another person whose greatest gift is to care, to just be there. Don't deny them the, uh, the ability and desire to do that when you need it. And that's that is like the two sided, I think, uh, trouble in not accepting help, and not asking for help and not saying here, here's where I'm at. You know, I, I uh, had a call with a guy a long time ago. And and I was going through some stuff. And he's like, Hey, what do you you know do you need any help? And I said, Yes, but I don't know how. Hmm. And I said, I don't know what that means. But yes. Right. And that, and in that moment, when a, when a person has gone through a situation like you've you know you're you're dealing with crohn's you're dealing with fibromyalgia you have got a business in the loop and all the stuff if i came to you and said hey i i've got you know i've just found out i got crohn's i got the business business thing going on or hey you know i've just i've just got somebody close to me who's got fibromyalgia and we're just going to have to deal with this i think you would be able to help me with some next steps you'd you'd not only sit there and say hey i know what this is like i know where, i know where you're at i can i can sit here with you but hey here's the next steps like this is when you don't know what to ask for, I can help you with that because I know what you mean. Yep. You don't have to express it, right? And that, that I think, is the power in taking learning from our own experiences and then offering it to somebody else. Because when that person like me says, I need help and I don't even know how, you go, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I understand what that's like. <laughs> here's here's what we're going to do, All right? That, mm-hmm. I think, is powerful. And I think we, we need to be about doing that for other people. What? why, why would we leave each other stranded on the side of the road? Go, Oh, you need help. Great. Well, when you figure out what you need, call me, I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Send me a text. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um,
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting too, because when, when I had a question for you, when, when your when your mom said, how can I help? And you said, I'm good. Like, I just curious, did you fully believe that you were good? Had you suppressed everything enough to, to, at that moment, or were you inside saying, holy crap, what do I tell my mother? I'm a wreck, but mom, I'm good. (laughs) Like what, what exactly transpired?
0: My guess is it would be both. I, and I don't have a real clear recollection of it. I was, I was probably 18 or 19 at the time Mm -hmm. or 20 maybe. Um, But I, I know that I was always independent. Like I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna figure it out. Um, And I liked I like independence. I like to be autonomous. Uh, But at the same time, like I didn't want to. I think I didn't want to experience some sort of judgment, as well. Like, and I don't think my I don't think my mom was would have expressed that. Um, But I didn't want to see her go. You did what? You crashed your car? Mm -hmm. You fell asleep? Like, are you? Because in I would have internalized that probably as you're probably not like, like you're not good enough. Mm Jace. I think it probably would have been something like that if I had to, you know, hypothesize it now, but I don't know exactly. I just know that I really did gloss that over and I, and, um, and in retrospect, I've processed through that situation. And now like I, I can see certain personality traits that have been rather pervasive in my life that are not necessarily, don't necessarily lead me down good paths all the time, um, when they're misused. Uh, and, um, and I, and it's been a, it's just been part of my journey. It's part of my, you know, my, uh, storyline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Hmm. I'm just, you told the story, well, I'm envisioning that. Um, that's kind of scary, very scary. Whew. I feel so, like we just unloaded this huge thing. That's I really know. Like, you know, right?
0: <laughs> exactly, which is good to let it sit there for a little bit, I think. Yeah. You,
1: you made me think of something else, too, when we were talking about your mom. Um, I used to have a dad blog. It's still out there, but I don't blog. It's called Daddy Brain. And one of the things I was, uh, was a big proponent of was, was when, when something happens, like what happened with you. I mean, you were a young man. You weren't a kid, but you weren't a, your frontal lobe wasn't fully developed yet, right? And, you know, For so sure. you're kind of in this in-between place. Um, when something happens, how do we as parents help our kids feel more comfortable? Um, and something I've always done. One of the good things I've done. I've made a lot of mistakes, you know. But it's always like, if something happened, like you know, hey, Dad, he hit me in the head with a can. It's like, okay, what happened? Just tell me what happened. Not why did you do this. Nothing accusatory. Nothing shameful. Just opening up to what happened. Um, because for me, I know if my if my kids are out at a party, and whether it's them or not, who's had too much to drink, and they're driving, I would hundred percent, much rather, one of my kids call and say, "Hey, Dad, I'm sorry, but such and such or I had too much to drink. Can you come and get us? right? I do not want in that moment my kid feeling fear to let Dad know that they could be in trouble if they get in that car. And that that's kind of what part of what your story made me think of. and I think it's great that you talk to your mom. I, I think it's great that she, sounded like she responded very much like I would like to have responded in a situation like that it also sounds like your narration maybe wasn't what she would have given you but th- that fear of it sometimes that's all you need is to say nothing because of the fear of it the fear of being alone being left behind being not good enough um, anyway thank you for sharing that because it, it kind of came a full, full circle to me as a dad
0: I so for me as a dad, I've got three I've got three kids and my two boy my two older boys are are um twenty one and twenty. Oh wow and they um I had a conversation with them when they hit that teenage years where we started like button up our heads and I know that we're going mm-hmm. over our time here by the way, so we oh, gotta go um head head out. Um but uh um yeah, assuming we've got a couple more minutes. The yeah, absolutely. I I said to them at one point in time, I said, Hey, you know, I recognize that we're starting to, um, starting to butt heads. Um, and I said, and I think that's really just that you're trying to take responsibility for your life, but you're, and, and build your own boundaries and parameters and yet you're stuck in mine. Um, because that's what our, that's what our culture is. You're supposed to stay here for a little while longer in my house until the magical number of 18, when you could go off on Europe, the, um, and I, and I said, so, uh, I said, am There's going to be this transference of power and authority for your life, and I said, "and and the word and this begins now, basically, because you keep wanting to take it." Um, and I said, "So I'm from here on out. I'm under no um, no belief that you are ever where you say you are." I said, if "You don't have to make up some story about you were at such and such place when you weren't, because." and i said you you whatever you're watching whatever you're listening to whoever you're hanging around with if you feel that that those choices are leading you to the life and the man that you want to be do those if you feel they aren't you have to take care of that and i said and i'm going to have my opinions and sometimes I'm going to tell you those and it doesn't mean i'm right and it doesn't mean that we agree but i am your dad and i will always and i and i have some responsibility in your life still um i said so the. um, I I took it a step further and I said, so tell me, have you ever been a teenager before? And he's and this is my first kid and he says, no. And I said, I've never been the parent of a teenager before. Hmm. And I said, so you know how some days you're just making shit up. (laughs) Some days I am, too. But I'm going to try my best. And I said, and I'm also going to apologize preemptively for all the ways I'm going to screw you up, and I didn't know, and I didn't mean to, and you're going to have to take it up with your therapist another twenty years from now. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and it set for 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 me, it kind of set the stage of like we're entering a new paradigm. I'm giving some reins to you, and, um. And I, I felt like, I felt like it, it was a necessary, you know, it was a necessary transition just to be like, be fully open. Like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, mm-hmm. but I recognize there's a change here and here's where I'd like to see that head for your own good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that that did set the stage in some unique ways. Um, and we had to have some other conversations, you know, after that, but um, I, to me, to me, I think it's about keeping dialogue open. How do you keep the dialogue open? Because when the dialogue stops, you have a major problem on your hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether that's with a kid, or whether that's with a spouse, or whether that's with a friend, when the dialogue stops, you you you're in you're in respiratory failure. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When when you can keep the dialogue open. Now, now you can still have a chance to make it through. Yeah.
1: And the key word is dialogue, not talking at each other, but an actual dialogue where there's a hearing. Everybody
0: exists. Exactly. I mean, everybody exists in their their own reality. I exist in my own reality. It's just as real as the other person's reality. And our beliefs are not necessarily, our beliefs that we hold about ourselves and each other are not even based on facts necessarily. Yeah. We believe competing facts all the damn time. (laughs) Or competing beliefs, rather. The, the, yeah. And so, like, I, I mean, i found a very simple, on a very basic scale, the, I, the, the saying of, you know, the early bird gets the worm. And you ask people, do you believe that? And they're like, yeah, good things come to those who wait. Do you believe that? Yeah, yeah. great. So is it the early bird getting the worm, or is it the bird that's waiting? Like, good things come to those who wait, or they get it? I don't know, tell me. <laughs> it's both. And that is the story <laughs> of life. Exactly. It's both. It's yes and. Uh, yeah. So... So simultaneously we can believe that that life is okay, that we are okay, and it's a bit of a shitstorm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? It's yeah. I'm I'm I feel like I'm drowning, but I'm not.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly.
0: I'm afraid, but, but I'm actually safe. Mm-hmm. That's like those two things go hand in hand. I'm afraid, but I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Okay, it's just information to inform ourselves. And sometimes we don't see clearly. And that's why we need somebody else to say, hey, here's my story. And we're like, oh my gosh, I dealt with that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to Tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes you need to hear that. For real, like someone actually saying it, not just saying it. Um,
0: Right. uh, And then you have to watch smarts versus book smarts.
1: Right, right. But you have to be careful because if the person... Trusted, right? You know, they're telling you the truth. Yeah, everything's okay. And you're like, are they saying that? Because it is okay. (laughs) This is further (laughs) down the rabbit hole, right? Or are they saying that just so I think they'll think it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a really good point you brought up is that is that layering. uh, And I do have a couple more minutes. So don't worry. Um, It's that layering that two two conflicting thoughts, emotions or a combination thereof can exist at the same time. I'm okay. And I'm falling apart. That can exist at the same time. And that, that took me a long time to come to grips with, but once I did, I was like, Oh, that's okay. That's kind of cool. You know, yes. it's almost like you're almost like you're a little boat, like in this little, like kind of throughway of a Lake. Um, and like, you know, to, to the left are all these rocks and to the right is like, is like Nirvana. And it's like okay let me just do my best I, I i i can see both i can experience both they're just like within arm's reach but the question is which one do i want to steer my boat to
0: yeah it's like white water rafting i mean i love the, i love what you're talking about you know which way which way do you want to steer your boat to? yeah life is yeah. a lot like whitewater, and it's just what degree of white water are we in are we in the slow because like life widened out a bit and mm-hmm. it didn't all concentrate all the crazy into one spot and then all of a sudden it did, and we're like thrown about. And and it's the skilled whitewater rafter who knows how to use the boat, use the momentum, and move into the stuff because the stuff's going to happen anyhow. The rocks are in place anyhow. Stuff moves around, you know, the water moves around the rocks. I'm going to move with it, but I can be a I can make that a fun day. I can have an okay day. It might even be thrilling sometimes to learn how to use the momentum of life. And, and, and work with it rather than hoping that I was on a different, in a different river. I'm not in a different river and there, and no amount of hoping that I'm in a different river, is going to change it. Right. But I do know that that river is going to open up at some point in time. It's Mm going to slow down. And I might, I might actually find value or enjoy the ride in the, in, you know, if I learn to use it and whoever's coming down a similar river needs to know, like, who's the guide? Who's the guide who can help me down this really crazy part of the river? Because I feel like things are getting fast. I think that I feel like I'm getting tossed side to side. And I don't want to fall out of the boat if I don't have to. Yeah. So who's the guide? And I think that's who we are to each other. Be willing to be a guide for somebody else's, you know, whitewater rafting trip of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're winding we 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 got to wind this down at some point in time because our viewers and listeners uh, are used to a, years to a shorter show, but this is a fan, such a fantastic, I think just a, such a fantastic conversation of openness and and really talking about things that matter. Um, and I appreciate you. I honor the space that you're in where you would come to coffee with humans and talk about real you know real things that are going on in your life and your world and your relationships. Um, because I do think. I do believe, I don't just think it, I do believe and walk through, walk forward with some, some responsibility and authority that as we get together, we can make the world a better place, um, for ourselves first. And then whoever we are, um, given to influence. So, um, thank you so much. I I, I appreciate you. you. I, I put your link here on the, on the page. If people want to follow up with you, uh, and talk with you more personally or professionally, um, but, to all of our viewers and listeners, coffee with humans is live, candid, raw, unscripted conversations between strangers who become friends. I uh, met Joey now mm, an hour and a half ago, hour and twenty five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, and we have plumbed the depths of of our uh, of our rivers <laughs> <laughs> and scraped some stuff to the surface and then looked at that uh, pretty plainly. So thank you so much. Um, catch us next time and subscribe and share on YouTube. Joey, any, any last words that you want to, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, any last words that you want to uh, put out there when you're thinking about the, the rise of the warrior sage that you would want to tell our listeners?
1: Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Mm. Start there, and then work on that kindness to others as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon.
1: I appreciate you, brother. Thank you.
0: One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls.